Hey, Kevin here, Skylabs, bringing you another podcast. Definitely going to be a fun one. We are going to go over your top five turntables of all time. That's right. We asked you what your favorite ones were, and everyone had some great submissions. We went ahead and compiled them all, made a little list of the top five, and we're going to go over those now. There's a couple really good surprises in here. Definitely going to want to check this one out. Once again, sit back, relax, or get your workout on, whatever you do while you're listening to your favorite podcast. Make sure to check out skylabsaudio.com, and let's get into the podcast. And at number five, you all picked the Marantz SR6100. This turntable was manufactured in 1977. It is a belt drive auto shutoff 14 pound turntable. And at the time of making this video, there were six on eBay ranging from $300 to $750. I couldn't find the original MSRP on this one. If you know the original MSRP of the Marantz 6100, Put it down in the comments. It's the only one on this list I couldn't find. And one of the biggest pros for the 6100, in my opinion, would be this is an auto return turntables that is used to return the tone arm back to the rested position. Another pro for the Marantz 6100 has to be the looks. Um, it looks like a nice walnut turntable, even though it's not a real walnut veneer. It's a vinyl wrap. It does do a good job of blending in with maybe a higher end receiver or uh, setup as it does look quality, even though in the details, you might start to pick some of these things out. Um, it's an entry level turntable. And for that, I definitely think the looks are a pro. And the other pro to these are, uh, you know, they're just reliable. We see these quite a bit. It, it's a fairly common turntable and very rarely do they need a lot of maintenance, usually with just a little bit of cleanup maybe replacing the belt, a little lubrication here and there. These turntables just seem to work. And we've got a couple cons for the Marantz 6100. Um, this is a very common issue even throughout this entire list. Once again, these are 40 years old or close to it. And the rubber feet just have disintegrated over trying to support the turntable for all these years. And the second and final con for the 6100 really has to be the price. There's no question the Marantz tax is alive in the 6100, being essentially its brother, the Realistic Lab 400, um, sells for about half the price as this one. They're both made by the same company, CEC, both really reliable turntables. Uh, one's got a Marantz badge on it, one has a Realistic badge on it. And for some reason, the Marantz one happens to be almost double the cost. So no judgment here. I completely get it. And like I was saying, the number four spot is being shared by three turntables. And I really did kind of kick it around, maybe putting in the vote to have a tiebreaker. But honestly, I'm not really a big fan of any three of these turntables. I think they all have their issues and they all have their positives, but I don't think one's really any better than the other. So the three turntables at the number four spot, we have the Techniques SL1700 MK2 or Mark II, however you like to pronounce it, because yes, I've gotten grief over that now too. Um, what do you say? Do you say Mark or do you say MK? I mean, who gives a shit, really? But anyway, some people do. 
I can't believe it, but they do. Put a comment down below. I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Do you say MK or do you say Mark? But I'm, I'm probably always going to say MK because I don't care. So anyway, and then another one of the turntables sharing the number four spot would be the Pioneer PL15D2. And lastly, we've got the Pioneer PL55X. And while I think the Technique 1700 is probably the better turntable of the three, however, with some of its problems making it really kind of difficult to repair being the overcomplicated boards, the IC chip, the plastic gearing inside of the tone arm auto return mechanism being an issue, not to mention the belt inside of the tone arm return. Um, it can make for a little bit of an expensive repair. It's almost like techniques saw the future a little bit and decided to add a manual button on the back side of this tone arm. And I'm really glad they did because um, if I were to own one, I would probably just use the manual option anyway. At least it keeps it from being a brick in that it's not going to just drag the stylus across your record when it returns the tone arm because it didn't lift it at the end, which is what can happen. And, you know, talk about being scared for the end of the record to happen uh, just so you can run up there and lift the tone arm before it auto returns. I don't want any part to do with that. So that was one of the best decisions techniques made, in my opinion, was to add that manual button on the back. And then with the, the PL15 uh, D2, uh, great turntable. They work. Every one we get seems to work. Uh, new grease and oil in the center spindle, that type of thing. Just general maintenance. Um, but I just think they're a little on the boring side. And same with the the Pioneer um, PL55X. Um, they're okay. They have a separate motor that runs the auto return function. They're a little bit more complicated than the 15D2. And I just don't know if they're worth the hassle as I don't think they're a big statement piece or anything like that. They look nice, but um, I don't know if it's worth the headache just for auto return. So that's just my opinion. Um, those are the ones you all picked. They tied. I left it as a tie. That's the Technique 1700 MK2. That's the Pioneer PL15D2 and the Pioneer PL55X. And your number three pick, I definitely saw this one coming. Uh, this is the Techniques SLD2. And this turntable was introduced in 1980 for a whopping $200. It's a direct drive, 15 pound turntable. And that $200 equates to about $750 in today's money. So uh, definitely consider it a midline uh, turntable by Techniques. I wouldn't call it an entry level by any means. Um, there were 24 listed on eBay when we put this list together and they range from $150 to $300. And the fact that there are so many out there working right now and the parts availability, these are not overly complicated turntables and some turntable models just really streamlined it to the point where it just functions. And that's what the SLD2 does. I don't think you could point out pros on the Techniques SLD2 without talking about um, just the quality of the parts used. It's got a great motor in it. The tone arm is nice. And I think it's really apparent when you start seeing how many of these were made. It's just a really good combination at a really good price point. 
I think is what sold so many SLD2s. And I've really only got one major con for the SLD2, considering its price point and how many are out there. And that is definitely the dust cover acrylic clips that were part of the dust cover. It's a, it's a mold. And all of these, because of friction over the years and holding up that dust cover, have just failed. So I'd say nine out of 10 times when we get one of these turntables uh, from techniques from this era, those clips are broken. So a lot of times you don't even see the dust cover because they broke a long time ago and people just discarded them. However, uh, people have started retrofitting or making a mod you can purchase, and we've done it several times, but it is a little bit of work. It's not the most elegant solution in the world, but it gets the job done, and I'd rather have a dust cover with these metal clips on it than no dust cover at all. And coming in at the number two spot, we're going to see Marantz again. This time it is the Marantz 6300. The Marantz 6300 was manufactured in 1975. This is a direct drive turntable. And the MSRP originally was $250, which is about $1,500 in today's money. And the Marantz 6300 weighs in at 21 pounds. It's the heaviest turntable on the list by one pound. At the time of making this video, there were nine for sale on eBay, ranging from, this is a pretty big gap here, but uh, $500 to $3,000. While both turntables at those extreme ends were working, uh, one was really bad, and obviously the other one was mint condition. Usually you end up seeing them for about two to 25, but um, who knows? Maybe they are getting that kind of money. And the pros for the Marantz 6100, this might be maybe one of my favorite Marantz pieces brand-wide. And I know a lot of people might have just face-palmed or spit their coffee. I really like this turntable, honestly. I, I think it's one of the best-looking vintage turntables ever made. I think that adds to why they're getting the money they're getting. They've got a really sophisticated, well-built, heavy-duty turntable look to them. And I think it just checks a lot of marks. You got to give them credit for the design, the build, and the looks on this turntable. I definitely think they nailed it. So, And another couple positives for the 6100. Uh, this is the only turntable on the list that has adjustable feet. And uh, that's really important. Feet are very important to a turntable. I don't think a lot of people really understand how important feet are to a turntable. And having adjustable feet is even better especially for your anti-skating and just all-around performance. Leveling your turntable is really nice and not having to fold cardboard over or shim a turntable. It's one nice thing to keep you from having to make maybe something that's a little bit unsightly. And the last positive for the 6300 would be they really just put everything in it. It's got all the bells and whistles. You've got great adjustments for the tone arm. Every aspect of this turntable just feels premium from the engagement with the knobs and the switches and the tone arm and the adjustments and the feet, and you put it all together and you've just got a really nice uh, semi-auto turntable. And I think that's why it's the number two spot for everybody, and I kind of agree. And our first con for the Marantz 6300, the 6300 has an optical trip sensor to cue the auto stop at the end. So there's essentially a beam of light 
and the tone arm pushes the rod through that light, it breaks the light going to the sensor. And then that tells the turntable, hey, we need to kick off the motor and lift the tone arm. It can be a little bit tricky. That's all. Not the end of the world, though, by any stretch of the imagination. It definitely wouldn't keep me from owning one, as most people could handle this repair, at least with a little bit of work. It's not that hard to get to either. It's not buried inside the tone arm, so which is a good thing. You don't have to disassemble the tone arm to get to it. Anytime you have to take the tone arm apart to do a repair, it starts getting hairy. So, And the last negative for the 6300, it has to be the price. This is a pretty expensive turntable for a vintage piece. Um, I don't think they're going to go down in value. Um, I think people that scoffed at the $1,000 price tag they were getting a year and a half or two years ago might be kicking themselves a little bit for not grabbing one then. You know, great investment if you if you picked one up a couple years ago. And who knows, even maybe at $3,000, it's still a good investment. But uh, as of right now, it only appears to be going up. So, And people's wants, needs, and desires dictate the market. So right now, everybody's saying, I want a 6300. And um, so there's nothing we can do about it. That's what they're going for today. Everybody can have a different opinion on whether that's justified or worth it, or that's all up to you. But it looks like the people are willing to pay that, and therefore, that's the price. And before we get to the number one pick, I just want to remind everybody, go vote, please. Put in your comments down below your favorite fully manual turntable of all time. Doesn't matter when it was made. As long as you place the tone arm, you return the tone arm at the end of the record, it's manual. Go down in the comments, leave your vote. And with the number one spot, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people shocked out there by it. A lot of people have figured out how good this turntable is. There's almost like a small cult-like following online, a lot of fanboys. And honestly, when I was tallying up the submissions for this list, I didn't see hardly any of these in the beginning. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? You know, am, am I missing something here? Why aren't we seeing this turntable? And then as I was putting the list together towards the bottom of the list, they just started piling in. And I think this turntable had three times the amount of submissions as anything from the third place back. So this was definitely the clear winner, no question. And that is the Pioneer PL518. And the Pioneer PL518 came out in 1978. It's a direct drive turntable weighing in at 20 pounds, so just one pound lighter than the 6300 by Marantz. And the original MSRP was $175, which comes out to about $800 today. At the time of making this video, there were 23 available on eBay, ranging from $200 to $600. And the pros list for this turntable are really pretty easy. I think the fact that there's 23 working Pioneer PL18s on eBay says everything about it already. Um, these are just workhorse turntables. Every time we get one of these, they work. I don't think we've ever scrapped one. I don't think we've ever given up on one because they really don't need much besides cleaning some speed control pots. Again, the Pioneer PL518, great tone arm, great motor, great build. Um, I think at this price point, it was another one of those no-brainers. People just bought this turntable up because it was just a really good turntable for the price. And that's why we're still seeing so many of them today and still seeing so many people online praising this turntable. 
for the same reasons I am. And definitely another positive for the Pioneer PL518 would be the way they made this plinth. They took two sheets of three quarter inch MDF plywood, glued them together, then routed out just the area needed for the internal components and put a nice heavy steel plate underneath and that's the turntable. Rather than kind of a big empty shell, you've got a lot of mass here and MDF really is a good way to control resonances. That's why people make speaker cabinets out of MDF instead of solid wood. There's not a lot of variance in it. Just a really good design for a maybe entry to mid-level turntable as in using this type of plinth really adds to the durability and the performance of the PL518. And the first negative for the Pioneer PL518, uh, let's not kid ourselves on this one. It's not the best looking turntable in the room, but they had to cut costs somewhere in order to get you a really well-built turntable at this price point. I don't know why they chose this kind of gray, thick plastic vinyl, almost looks like something you'd have in a kitchen. And it's got a kind of a porous texture to it. And it's just a magnet for all of the nicotine and peanut butter and Cheetos from fingers. And it, it stains and it, you can't clean it. I'm not the only one that feels this way, obviously, because I don't think there's ever been a turntable that's come out of Japan that has had more facelifts. You'll see people putting real wood veneer and really dressing up the plinth quite a bit. I mean, there's tons of images of people that have dressed up their 518s, not to mention they're really kind of easy to um, loosen the tone arm and give it just a little bit of lift to get your wood veneer under there. So it's kind of the right combination of really solid table, kind of ugly appearance, but really easy to dress up. It makes it the perfect contender for customizing it to make it fit into your room perfectly. And a lot of people do this. So while it's a negative, if you're kind of handy and you like things to be your own, um, there are people even making the sticker to put on top of your wood. Uh, so it's the same font as the original Pioneer PL518, just to take your custom piece to the next level. So the second con on the list for the PL518, again, is the feet. Um, I think I've seen one PL518 out of, I don't know, 50 probably. And I've seen one that had the original feet in decent condition still stuck to the turntable. And even the one turntable I did see that had the original feet, um, I wouldn't sneeze around it, if you know what I'm saying, because it was getting ready to go at any minute. So while this is a problem, there are a lot of really good feet being made for turntables and being that feet are such an important part of your turntable. I would just look at, I would just look at having to get new feet as a positive because most likely all the feet from the seventies have lost their elasticity or their ability to absorb frequencies like they're originally intended. So, it's not the end of the world. Upgrade your feet. If you upgrade your cartridge all the time, you're upgrading your cables, upgrade your feet on your turntable. Get something good. Get something that's going to isolate that table from all the other crap going on in your house. 
it's it's not a bad investment. So and so thank you to everybody that put in their submissions for their top five auto return turntables. This list was a lot of fun to go through. I'm really looking forward to the manual one because that's more my category with turntables. I appreciate the manual. So uh, make sure to put those submissions in. I think there's going to be a lot of submissions. Anyway, have a great week and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you.